The number of red deer, such as those rutting stags here in the Scottish Highlands, has doubled in the past 50 years. So says the Scottish Government wildlife agency, Nature Scott. And while that's great for wildlife watchers, it's causing problems with deer damaging woodland and other fragile habitats. I'm Scott McCombie, I'm senior ranger here in Glencoe National Nature Reserve for the National Trust for Scotland. The impact of deer grazing on the landscape here is to suppress the woodland. You can see just behind us here lots of willow and birch. You can see how thick the stem is down here. This is a birch and yet up here everything's grazed off. I'm in the wild, rugged Glencoe National Nature Reserve to find out more about the Trust's deer management plan here and why that's causing conflict. So th this has been years and years of continually grazing. Here, these greyer ones, that's more willows, but they're the same. They're like so, bushes that have been cut with secateurs. Exactly. They're just continually suppressed here, so although they're in amongst the heather, the deer just come along and chomp off the tops of them. You counted the deer here last year, and you found they're about 17 per square kilometre, which is far too many for tree regeneration, in other words. So what's your plan now? To get natural regen, which is what we're going for here, without fencing, without planting and scarifying and all of that, we reckon we're, we're going to need to get it down to roughly one to three deer per square kilometre. That's an enormous reduction. That's going to be hundreds and hundreds of deer. It's, it's not going to be done in one or two years. We've applied to Nature Scott and we've got an out-of-season licence. So a combination of shooting bigger numbers than we have, there's no doubt about that. We will shoot more deer than we have in previous years, but we'll shoot stags all year round so that they come to believe that Glencoe is not a place that they're going to be welcome. Kind of like the wolves being reintroduced to Yellowstone National Park over in the USA. Yes, the wolves did take more deer, but they also moved them on. So the, this constant harrying of the deer herds, they moved them on so they didn't stay in one position and eat that whole place. So that, that's our idea of having this constant effect of shooting the deer. We'll move them on as well, just as the, as the wolves are doing in, in Yellowstone. The Trust rejected the idea of fencing the deer out of its ground for a whole host of reasons. It's expensive, it creates artificial looking over dense woodland and causes a range of problems for the deer themselves, for other wildlife and other habitats and for visitors. But that decision not to fence is one reason that their proposals are not universally popular. I've come up above Glencoe now to the banks of the River Etive and with me are three local estate workers who are, shall we say, less than keen on the Trust's plans. Yeah, I'm Mark Schoen, I'm a local stalker on one of the estates here. My name's Davy Thomas, I'm a stalker at the top end of Glencoe. My name's Kirsty Thomas, I'm the lodge manager for a local estate at the south end of Glencoe. Yeah, so I mean they're saying that their deer densities are like 17 per square kilometre um, in, the, in the lower Glen. Glencoe has been a wintering ground for, you know, millennia. These deer go there to escape the sort of harsh conditions up on Rannet Moor and surrounding areas. So these are the deer that we rely on to create a sporting season. So to, to sort of sum up the problem as you see it, Mark, as they shoot more deer, the deer that you would get on your estates outside the main Glencoe Valley Bottom get tempted into that good Valley Bottom habitat that's now free of other deer. And they in turn get shot and that could keep happening, which would mean that you wouldn't then have enough deer. 
Yeah, I mean, as they reduce the numbers, the vegetation obviously is going to improve and this could create a vacuum which would draw deer in from further afield. They seem to think that, you know, there's just going to be this never-ending supply of deer that we can stalk and it just isn't the case. I mean, once they're dead, they're dead. And the current deer densities, you know, they, they sustain the jobs in the area. If the NTS reduce those numbers as drastically as they're saying they're going to, then, you know, potentially for the state I work on, we shoot 20 to 25 stags. We maybe go down to five stags. Can we justify keeping a stalker, full-time stalker on for five stags a year? I think they should really consider fencing and fence off areas and then do compensatory culls. So they reduce their, their deer numbers on their land to account for loss of habitat from the fencing. NTS have the wintering ground. So I'd be quite interested to know if that... 17 per square kilometre what time of year are we talking so what you're saying is a brief period of time during the winter when the deer go to seek refuge in the lower glen as they always did so what we're saying to them is if they want to achieve their objective they will need zero deer for the entire catchment which includes all of the surrounding ground and I think for us, as, as estate employees, that's very worrying. Every single person that lives at this end of Glencoe and Glenetive works in one way or another for this estates. It'll certainly impact the hospitality side of the industry because people require accommodation to, to come and stay and, and stock. But from a, a family side of, of things, it concerns me massively. We have young children who've been here for over a decade who have filled the local schools. If we're not here, our kids won't be here either. It's a much bigger picture than just trees. There are similar conflicts flaring elsewhere in the Highlands, including in Assint in the northwest of the country. And the Scottish Government has endorsed deer reduction. Deer management experts that I've spoken to predict that such arguments will grow across the Highlands as pressure grows to cut deer herds. So will it really mean stalkers being made redundant? The fact is that the warnings that we've heard from the stalkers have all been heard before. About 14 years ago, I came up to the Cairngorms in the east of the Highlands where the privately owned Glenfeshi estate was starting a radical deer reduction programme. The National Trust for Scotland's Mar Lodge estate, which borders onto Glenfeshie, was embarking on a similar plan at the same time. And the stalking community said then that the consequences could be dire. So I've actually come back to the Cairngorms, to Mar Lodge, to have a look at what's happened here. So up here we've obviously got a Scots pine um, sapling that's, that's growing up. You can see actually it's been browsed historically, it's slightly stunted and it's got a a splayed shape at the bottom and then it's been allowed to get away so there's a little bit of the history of deer management in that tree indeed yeah there is i'm david frew i'm the head of mar lodge estate so there was a significant reduction overall in deer numbers we have a, a population of 1650 ish red deer on the estate the estate is 29,300 hectares a density of about five and a half deer per square kilometer this area that we're standing in now has less than one deer per square kilometre. Other parts of the estate have 11 deer per square kilometre. It's in that range. So as you can see around us, there's a much richer ground cover now. And on the hillside opposite us there, you can see pine saplings and pine seedlings regenerating and rampaging up the hillside all the way up to 600 metres and above. In this part of Mar Lodge estate, 
we haven't used fences. Everything here has been achieved through deer management alone. Where you've got a seed source and you can get on top of the deer, then that works. In other parts of the estate, we have been a little bit more pragmatic. We have used some fencing to get woodland away, but that's in areas where there is no natural seed source, so the only option really is to plant trees. Deer numbers on neighbouring estates are much higher, so it would be almost impossible for us to achieve woodland um, in those areas through deer control alone. You mentioned neighbouring estates there. Has there been this dramatic impact on neighbouring estates of, of draining all their deer away and leaving them with, with no commercial stalking? There has been an impact, but um, what we've been able to achieve here is a balance where everybody is able to um, achieve their own objectives. I think that's the really important thing. It's respecting one another's objectives. So it sounds like from all that that you've kind of reached a compromise. You're not reducing the deer across the piece to very low numbers um, and you're making sure that the neighbouring estates are at least on board with things. Yeah, exactly. Um, whether or not you call it a compromise, it doesn't need to be a compromise. It's just trying to achieve ensure that everybody can achieve their objectives. So that's the Trust's view. But now I'm in Craffy, which is a few miles from Braemar, and I'm at the home of Peter Fraser, who's the deputy chairman of the Scottish Gamekeepers Association and is the man who warned me of problems for stalkers. Peter, what's happened? There's been a big reduction in red deer numbers. There's no question about that. And it's noticeable now wherever you go. Some days when you go over here, over Glenshee, down into Perthshire, we used to see maybe about five, six hundred stags there in the roadside at, uh, just above Bermar. And now you can go through there and see virtually maybe a hundred if you're lucky. What impact does that have on stalkers and stalking in this part of the world? They wouldn't be shooting the same numbers a deer, that's, that's for sure. The state that I was on in the home beat, we used to take about a hundred stags off of there but I think it's down to about maybe 50 stags. And has that had an impact on, on jobs, on stalkers' jobs, as the fear was? No, we're quite fortunate up to now. There's still the same amount of uh, keepers in the area. And how have they managed to do that? Sporting estates are very lucky, really, because you have your three things, your grouse, your deer, and some places has salmon as well. So you have three irons in the fire, which makes a big help. So... If this part of the world has managed to, 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 to do that, to sustain jobs, wouldn't it be reasonable to think that in the West they would find a way of doing that as well? I think it would be very difficult, uh, to be quite honest, because they've no grouse over on the West Coast at all. Their salmon fishing's declined big times over there as well. So they would struggle, I think, more than the, the East Coast. I would like to think common sense would prevail in the end, because if there's a sensible management policy, dear grouse and the trees they want for this uh, climate emergency can all work hand in glove provided the man in the ground has a say. This programme was produced and presented by me, Richard Baines. Now over to the BBC Weather Centre for the Farming Today five-day forecast.